0: pretties it's Chrissy and it's Heather and a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a uh oh yes just a quick warning yes the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life nostalgia silliness deep thinking and nonsense if you're averse to any of these ingredients the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you so talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program
1: let's get into it
0: I have a confession to me
1: I love confessions
0: here it is And, you know, I hesitated before sharing this, but I also was really curious to know what you thought.
1: You know, I love that. When
0: when I get a new friend request Mm. on Facebook from somebody that I don't know, Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of mutual friends, Mm -hmm. I wonder what cosmetic or diet product
1: they're going to try to sell me. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how long it's going to take them to ask me on a date.
0: Oh, see, that doesn't come to mind my mind at all. No.
1: I get like 10 or 12 a day. What? Yeah. Like from a, a it's always a guy we have between 1 and 35 friends in common. Right. I just don't usually accept them. Well, sometimes I don't I accept wonder... them cuz my personal Facebook for my friends only, I post pictures of my kids and stuff and yeah. so I don't accept anyone who well, I wouldn't be comfortable. That's what I'm about curious about
0: is, you know, how you, you know, what are your rules for, you know, compartmentalizing people on social media? And I wonder sometimes if we've got that many friends in common, how have I not met you yet? Now, not like I'm super social and I I go out and meet everybody, but it seems like I'll like message a friend and say, like this person, I know this person, you know this person, who are they?
1: Like should I know them? Oh, I never really do that. That would actually make sense. I just am like, no. And I just yeah. I just say no. Um, now, I've gotten some friend requests from women lately, and I think it's because of this show. And those I actually consider. Like, I, I sit and I go, oh, well, you know, like, she's a mom. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll look through their page and kind of see what their what their shtick is. And I'm like, oh, maybe she just likes this program. And so, that's okay. But, but that's wrong and nasty of me to assume that a man couldn't just like this program.
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know that it's wrong, but I think it's understandable. Yeah. You know, because you're single. And I mean, I think that it would be if I was single and as awesome as you are, (laughs) I would probably assume that somebody was angling for a date or something.
1: Sometimes I accept them and then I wait to see if they talk to me for like 24 hours. Right. And if they don't, then I unfriend them. So you will unfriend. I unfriend all the time. In fact, it's it's still the new year, um, and um, I will most likely comb through. I keep mine very low. I don't. I I don't know if I have three hundred friends. On, oh my gosh! Like, I, I keep mine very low, and I will probably go through. And I take off people that I perfectly well like. Like really? Yes, I absolutely do. Like I like. I take off people that I have unfriended people because they are too close with people that i have conflict with mm-hmm. and it makes me see the conflict person right. too much um so i will unfriend someone that i totally well like and be like i guess that that the the person i have conflict with can keep them on social media now like so that that's interesting cuz i have i don't know how many
0: facebook friends i have i'd have to to look and see but i have been unfriended. I know that I've been unfriended because I will try to find somebody who I thought we were friends and mm-hmm. then we're not friends. and it's like, well, I guess they unfriended me or they Facebook has suggested that we be friends. and
1: I'm like, and you're uh, like I thought we I were thought we were friends, but maybe not no I will unfriend <laughs> people and, and honestly, it has no bearing on how I feel about them in real life. Oh, see, for me, it totally does i I have had. Various
0: levels of kind of rules for how I do that. I don't like to reject people. And so if somebody sends me a friend request and I don't know them or I only like I can see that we have a lot of mutual friends. And so I feel like, well, I probably would like them if I did know them. So I don't want to be like, no, Like I, hit, I feel so bad when I hit the decline button. Unless it's somebody who. I truly don't know. Or sometimes I'll go on there and we have no mutual friends. That's a scam. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I will go on their page and see like, well, who is this person? Maybe I admit them and I don't remember. And if I see their posts are all stuff that is not cool with me, then no, I decline.
1: I don't, I I mean, I probably used to have a lot more feelings like that. But for me, and and this is like if... If my kids weren't young and if my kids weren't making frequent appearances on my social media, I think I would be friends with everyone. I would take like I would say, "Oh cool, you are interested in looking at pictures of my life." Fine. But I've been thinking about it a lot lately and thinking I it's possible that I could turn my social media so that only I can see it. Like yeah. because like these people who come out and say Oh, I do my social media just as a as a personal reminder and as a personal blog and so that I can look back at my own life. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a giant lie. That is a right. giant lie. You do it so that people look at you and think you're adorable. And right. I, Hell, I do too. Okay? Mm-hmm. We all do, you know? Yeah. Um, and you do it as a way to share your work. You do it as a way to whatever. And then there's all this conversation in the media now about, well, pe- you know, if you are an influencer, people want to know about the real you. They don't just want to see what you write. They want to see what you do and how you live and what products you like and whatever. Like, And you're supposed to be like this open you know, door into the window of your life. You know, an open door to the window of your life doesn't make sense. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, you're supposed to, it's a glimpse into right. your real life and your real whatever. And I don't know if I want, that many people to look at my children and well, my window of my life when it comes to that i have i will i use the
0: privacy settings so i have different groups Like i have if it's somebody who i know them through mutual friends i feel like there's probably we've done professional like there could be a professional connection that you know it would be you know if i met this Eventually, I'm going to meet this person, and, and it'll be nice to, to know them. Um, but I put them in my acquaintance category.
1: I didn't even know that's a thing. Yeah, you can put
0: them in acquaintance, and then you can also do different groups. And so any post that is, well, I made a promise to my older son that I would not post about him on social media. And, and he asked me to do that, and I told him I would do that. Um, My younger son and I have a lot of interactions that are funny to me. And so I will post dialogue from him. Mm -hmm. But I don't often post pictures or if I do post pictures, I don't I don't want them to be identifiable just because I'm paranoid. Got it. But I do like to to have my personal life, but I choose who sees those posts.
1: I thought you only had the choice of public friends or just me.
0: No, you can, there's a whole thing that you can do acquaintances and you can block people. Also, so if you become friends with somebody. I'm blocked by a couple of people. I'm, I've blocked people. Oh, I've people blocked people too. People who creep me out. Oh, yeah. Then I'll block them because I feel
1: like that's more than unfriending. I can tell you right now, gentlemen, if you've sent me an unsolicited picture of your penis, which oh some God. of you have. Seriously? You've been blocked. Yeah. Seriously? Strangers. Total strangers. People I've never met. Yeah gross. I
0: have blocked people on, on Facebook. Um, I was at an event once, um, for work and there was a guy who was just creeping me out and he just seemed like he was paying a a strange amount of attention to me and I wasn't comfortable. And I went and I found him on Facebook and I blocked him so that he can't even find me on Facebook.
1: That's cool. So that that way did that. Yeah. But I I want to, I want to just pause very briefly to say, I really, really, really like men. I am like, this sounds like a man hater rant, and it's not. It's not. It's, it's a, it's, I dislike creepy behavior online. And that's not the same as disliking men. Like, and many of the men who reach out to me online do so in a lovely, appropriate way. Like, it's, it's friendly and it's whatever. And that's okay. And that's okay. I'm not saying that online you know, via Facebook is not even a way to meet someone. If you right. see someone who looks really interesting and you see that they're single and you want to reach out to them and you want to be perfectly pleasant and say, hey, you seem cool. Would you like to have coffee? I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That's, yeah. it's an, that's, that's the world we live in today. But don't send me a picture of your penis. Well, that's no. All. No.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Gosh. <laughs> so, um, well, now you know you can... Put people in the category of acquaintance. You can also snooze them for 30 days. I do know that one. I do that during election
1: stuff Oh, right. You have to. Because right. I cannot handle it. I can't even
0: with um, you people. You can just unfollow them. Which means you're still friends, but you don't see their
1: posts. Yeah, I don't understand the point of that though. Like, it, it, that's just the cop out way to unfriend someone. Yeah, it is, and it's, they can still see you. And ooh, then you forgot about them a little bit. And I don't like that one. It's the it's the passive aggressive way for for
0: non confrontational people like me who don't want to be friends anymore. Then I'll just unfollow you or I'll block you. But we're still friends. I, In quotes, I just unfriend them. I know. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution. <gasps>
1: Yay!
0: Maybe that's my New Year's resolution. Okay. Now today,
1: what is today? Today's January the 8th. 8th. Okay, this is 8th, So we're
0: still easing into the year. We're back to work. But this, I know. I noticed that January is often a time when we simplify things. We want to make life simpler. Like you referenced having the commercials with like the Tupperware and getting organized. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a time of year when I go through my social media and I kind of like, like put people in their categories. You know, try Mm -hmm. to streamline, go through closets and drawers, and you know, just get the old stuff
1: out. Like I'm feeling peaceful just hearing you talk about it. I know.
0: Okay, so Mm -hmm. this is something that I wanted to ask you about. When it comes time to throw things away. We, you know, a couple of years ago, I guess it was the like the Marie condo mm-hmm. where you were supposed to, which is another another annoying thing. Like she did not invent throwing things out <laughs> like <laughs>
1: my, I didn't watch very much of that. My kids and I watched like two episodes. And I, I swear to you that my children were like, she got nothing on you. Seriously. Like my kids were like, she lets them keep way more things than you would let us keep. You know, like, yeah. Well, that's what I'm curious about. What do you have no problem throwing away? pretty much everything including human beings <laughs> <laughs> what do you hesitate on what would you keep not much yeah and sometimes sometimes to an unhealthy degree like if i'm if i'm being honest if i'm if i'm if i'm real about it I am such the anti hoarder. Mm-hmm. Like I want to assign no significance to any object or item. That sometimes I will do so to an unhealthy degree. I think. So you just get rid of everything. I will. I will get rid of everything. You
0: know, we swing that pendulum, you and
1: I. I know we really do. And and that you know, I don't want to be tied to items in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. So much so that I will untie from items. I'll have no items. Almost, I need no things. <laughs> I don't need the things. Like <laughs> I I have trouble getting rid of I guess certain like baby things of my kids. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but you know, like a few, a few items that I would keep. Um a few things from my family, mm-hmm. you know, um like I guess I just I live in a mindset of If this house burns down and all of these mementos in it, all of these really personal things in it are gone, I still will have the memory of them and Mm -hmm. it will be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so I keep, I keep that in mind, but I don't know. So sometimes I'll take pictures of the physical Mm -hmm. object, but but I'll get, but I'll get rid of it, you know? So that, and that is the one thing, like I have trouble getting rid of, like the the ephemera of it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the 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 paper stuff, the the right. you know like that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh I want to have some some record of it perhaps. Mm-hmm. So I guess pictures. I would never get rid of pictures. Right. Like I want to keep every photo ever. Like if my Google Photos crashed, uh-oh. and I didn't have my Google Photos anymore, I would be pretty bombed.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: Well, I um I
0: you know you're a minimalist I I'm a I try to be a minimalist I'm not even close to a minimalist you've been to my house you've yes. seen there's it's
1: I love like the 40 nutcrackers they made me really happy <laughs> you I got came to, to, to my see house Heather's at house at Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love to adorn the walls and and have things and my house is kind of a museum of my family's passed down items. I have a lot of my grandparents' things, and um, and I love that. And I enjoy throwing away things and getting rid of things and having only the essentials for some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy hanging on to family items because they bring me so much joy when I discover them from my ancestors.
1: Yeah. See, now there are some things... That I have resigned myself to, it's okay that, like, my sisters have them. Mm-hmm. I like that they still exist out there, mm-hmm. you know. And there are other things that maybe were, like, important family things that, you know, were sold or were, you know, whatever. That I I soothe myself by saying someone has it and yeah. is enjoying it you know what i mean like whether that's a person who, from my family yeah. or not you know
0: that is a nice transition for me um when i know that this there's an object that has served its purpose for me and the only reason that i'm keeping it is because it it was significant to me um but it's perfectly functional and and somebody else it's time for somebody else to enjoy it and and that does help me get rid of things that are on the cusp yeah where you know it's like especially with clothes you know like Somebody else is going to enjoy oh, this. Oh, shoes!
1: I have a rough time getting rid of shoes. I
0: have a, I have a, a harder
1: time getting rid of clothes than I do getting rid of shoes. I think I've told you before that shoes, less so handbags, but shoes, I think, was the big thing that even when I was heavy, they always fit. They always fit. <laughs> like so, you could you could have a beautiful collection of shoes, and they could always make you feel good, even if you are not at your best. Right. Those shoes going on your foot. You, you can get yourself a pedicure. You,
0: know? you can put on some beautiful shoes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that, that was a, like point. a self-soothing kind of thing, you know. Well,
0: so speaking of uh, objects from family members, and it's kind of a weird transition, but I was talking to some friends about the show and asking them what they thought about it, and, and you know what they felt like we should talk about. And w- one of my friends said, "Oh, can you please decode?" Teenage girls, because I'm in teenage girl hell right now. I don't know what's happened to my sweet, precious daughter. Now she's turned into this person who I have no idea how to interact with. And um, so, yeah, if you could do that, that would be great.
1: My daughter and I had our first like adult fight last week. Really? Yeah. Um, like she didn't fulfill an obligation that was very important to her future success. Mm. She had multiple reminders to do so, and she chose not to.
0: And Did she choose not to intentionally, or did she... It's a little bit unclear, because,
1: I mean, it was a reminder every day for an entire week. Okay. And still... Didn't do it. Didn't do it, right? And it is going to impact some things in her life Mm -hmm. for a little bit because she decided not to do this and I wasn't going to do it for her. Right, I'm more disappointed that she didn't advocate for herself, that she didn't follow through on this important thing than, you know, the actual result of of the product being unfinished or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, when I went to um, pick her up on the last possible day that she could have done the thing, And she said that she still hadn't done the thing. I was furious. And I said in front of two other adult human beings who were strangers, basically, that she had failed herself, that she would ever, like, I was not nice. Mm. I was not nice. And when we walked out that door, she said, I can't believe that you would say that and that you would embarrass me in front of these people. And I instantly apologized to her. I said, you are right. We should have had that conversation in private. I shouldn't have said that in front of other people. I'm like, I am very frustrated with your choice, Mm -hmm. but I shouldn't have let it out in that way. And she said, I don't forgive you yet.
0: Oh, wow. And I
1: said, I don't forgive you either yet. You know? And then we held hands. (laughs) And we walked together to our next destination. And we let it go. Like, you know, like... But it like it was our first time ever that she's like I'm not ready to forgive you and I'm like I'm not really quite ready to forgive you either. You know, it was our first mother-daughter fight. That's a fair place to be. Yeah.
0: It is. And it's it's a testament to, you know, she she obviously frustrated you in the fact that she did not do something that you felt like she needed to do and was capable of doing. Um but I'm really glad that she had the words to verbalize Me too. I'm not ready. Not that she ruled it out. Mm-hmm. Not like, I hate you, mom. I'll never forgive you. Right. But I'm not ready yet. And
1: I was really glad, too, that, I mean, because a big part of my unhappiness with her was that she wasn't standing up for herself and she wasn't speaking up and she wasn't whatever. And then she told me, you just embarrassed me. you Right. Know? And she was right. You know, like, she, like, and I feel badly. I still feel bad. You sure. know, that, that I said that in front of two grown people who yeah. heard me. Be, she's like, you made me look like a bad kid. You made me look like I'm not, you know, like a responsible person. And and at the time, I'm like, well, your behavior was not responsible. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. But still, yeah. You know, you have to. Like, I needed to be more mindful of. How she was gonna, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and I'm allowed to be mad at her because she messed up. Right. But she's allowed to be mad at me because I messed up too. Yeah. You know? so. Well, you're
0: both human. <sighs> you're pre-teen, both human. Well, like we've said before, girls. you know, we are both, you know, parenting for the first time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, our older, our oldest kids are, there are guinea pigs. And I mean, I know, I've definitely had interactions with my son in front of other people where then later I felt like, that oh, was really not the time for me to be critical mm-hmm. you know, of him and, and you know, he's a person and you know, he's right. got a fragile ego just like anyone else. And, How would
1: I feel if somebody talked to right. me like that yeah. in front of people yeah. and you know, told me I was irresponsible or whatever? Right. You know, that's that's that was shitty of me. Right. You know?
0: Well, you know, I when my friend was asking about, you know, teenage girls and th- that led into a conversation of of, you know, just you know, what of the growing pains are average, human development, and then what's different than how it was when we were kids. And the way that this is connected to having old things from your family mm-hmm. is that I have been recently given custody of my grandmother's diary <gasps> from 1942, oh my god. from January to December of 1942, which is the year when she turned from 14 to 15.
1: Oh, my God. But how amazing precious
0: absolutely now amazing I have my grandmother now is in her 90s. Mm-hmm. she has dementia she's at the, she does not she does not know what's going on I mean mm-hmm. she's she her body is healthy but um she is very confused and it's very heartbreaking for so us difficult yeah. um, but we have this trunk and it's at my aunt's house and it's filled with my grandmother's personal effects and most of it is letters Mm -hmm. and I want nothing more than to go up there and and sit in that room and just comb through it and just kind of catalog it and organize it and just kind of get it all in in a nice order but I will get lost in reading those letters well well what were you gonna say go ahead
1: I was just gonna say it's funny that you say that because we have letters between my grandpa and my grandma when he was in the war. Don't you love it? And yeah. And we opened one just randomly. Um, and it was dirty. <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna rip your panties off, you know? Like, oh, oh no. yeah. I mean, it was dirty. And then we were like, get it, grandpa, my goodness. You know, like, but like, yeah, it was it's it's a neat look into, yes. into this time period and mm-hmm. this situation that you don't know anything about. And some of the stories that I know from their love story from his time in the war and in Germany, you know, during World War II, I'm like, God, I could write the most glorious, beautiful book that mm-hmm. you've ever seen. Like, I mean, uh, so, like, so, so much. neat to get a look back at that. You I know? love
0: reading the letters between my grandparents when they were dating yes, and and they went to college together and, but then it was like, it's, and it's so much fun to see this glimpse into this flirtatious time and their pet names and, you know, the, just kind of like the, the loving things that they said to each other. Well, so looking through my grandmother's diary from when she was 14 is hilarious because it is boys, boys, boys. Boy, love it. Boy, crazy. And now there, we have funny stories about my grandmother being a bit of a coquette, and she would have one date drop her off at the front door, and then she'd go through the house and have another date pick her up at the back door. I mean, she Ooh, was, yeah. she was boy crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, reading through her diary, um, I'd say eighty, I'd say ninety-five percent of the time, every single day, there is musings about. A boy she likes or maybe I wonder if he likes me or, you know, he's going to ask me out, but now he's ignoring me. Like exactly the same things that girls go through now. And it just was it was just such a fun thing to relate to my friend that, you know, I think some of this is just how we're wired, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember when I was in college, like ending college, about to become like a real adult, and I had to go through my room at my parents' house and do something with all the stuff there. And I had a whole bunch of diaries, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of journals from, you know, being 12 years old, you know, 12 to 16, 17, whatever. And I wanted to burn them all mm-hmm. and uh, because I knew there was embarrassing stuff exactly. in there, right? And, you know, it's embarrassing. And I burned them in like we had a burn barrel in the backyard Mm -hmm. this is a thing that you can do in ohio you know you've got a big pit and you take it out there and i remember my dad saying you're burning up your memories Mm -hmm. you're like you're burning up your your history and he's right you know like i still don't know like it would be uncomfortable to look at those things Mm -hmm. and i I am blessed that I have such a good memory. I remember those feelings. I remember being a kid very well. I remember all the boy craziness. Mm-hmm. I remember all that angst, you know, like what you are reading in your grandma's. I remember a lot of that. But there would be little nuggets in there yeah. that, that you know, were probably irreplaceable. They're irreplaceable. You know, Did you burn and them? I did burn them. I wanted I to burn all. mine,
0: too. Mm-hmm. I really did because it felt very, I felt very exposed and vulnerable having mm-hmm. all of that out there. And I just, yeah, I did. Now not
1: I, I write a lot. And over the past few years, especially with all the transitions in my life, I've written more and more and more. And now I like to live in this indulgent fantasy that someday I'll die and someone will open up my computer and find all of the all of the masterpieces that right. I've created, and they'll go publish them, and then you know, like post humorously, I'll be you know yes, <laughs> yeah, and that um, is my way of not having to do work now <laughs> to be successful go see somebody, a legacy somebody will find this genius, obviously, you know. Well, you know, we're
0: here... Um, oh, gosh, I just thought of something. So when you were talking about your um, saucy letters between your, your grandparents, mm-hmm. reminded me of... Um, okay, so my grandmother, whose diary I have, um, her mother-in-law, mm-hmm. so my grandfather's stepmother... Okay, okay grandfather's
1: stepmother.
0: And who was my grandmother's mother-in-law.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My mom just recently told this story about how... Um, My great-grandmother, the Mm mother-in-law, had never seen an X-rated movie. Mm. And she told my grandmother, her daughter-in-law, that she's never seen an X-rated movie, and she'd like to see one before she dies. Wow. So my grandmother, (laughs) I guess this is, my have Ben, she was like grandmotherly aged at this point, um, because she went to the video store to rent one. Mm -hmm. And so she, my grandmother went. I don't know where she went, blockbuster or where, but she was mortified and embarrassed. But she went and rented an
1: X-rated movie. I wonder how you choose your title in that situation. You're like, hmm,
0: well, <laughs> this one seems okay. So I don't know what I don't know what her criteria were for choosing the one that she chose. But mm-hmm. she rented one, she brought it home, and they watched it. And my
1: what a fun activity with your mother-in-law. <laughs> and my great-grandmother says, well, that wasn't anything special right and <laughs> there, done that I was Like, mm, good to know i don't i i know that people love porn like it's a lot of guys, guys are very very visual you mm-hmm. know um but i don't know like porn doesn't really like
0: huh. well i was wondering like well what's what's her idea of an x-rated movie you right know? Like yeah. i don't know that i would i i don't know that i would know what i was looking for like are you just looking for you want some hardcore right like, like <laughs> what has what was considered x-rated back then is probably wow 13 like yeah. mm-hmm. now exactly well so here we are in january you know we've talked about a lot of things today we've talked about um going through your social media how do you categorize people how you simplify people going through your stuff what you what do you keep what do you not keep you know well how do you bridge the gap between wanting to hang on to something um but also knowing that you don't need the physical object anymore we talked about teenagers and mm-hmm. and some of those you know times when we see the universe universality of of youth and also kind of that growing up the the growing pains
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and so I have a quote that I found that I chose it today because um, because it's by Bobby Bowden, Coach Bowden, FSU fame, yes. mm-hmm. Tallahassee legend. Oh. <laughs> and he says, I, I'm going to explain why I love this after I say it. To have the kind of year you want to have, something has to happen that you can't explain why it happened something has to happen that you can't coach. So this is a thought that I want us to have with us in January that you know we can set all of the goals, we can set all of the resolutions, we can have all of the intentions. We can go through our life and simplify things or we could take things out and add things in. We can try to understand our kids, we can try to understand our ancestors, we can read diaries and letters and old things. But ultimately at some point we have to give it over. To something that we can't explain how it happened or why it happened, and just have faith that the road that lies ahead of us is the one that we're meant to travel. And I hope that here we are, you know, still at the beginning of January, that we are open to having something happen that we can't explain why. And it's something that you can't coach.
1: I love that. That's nice, Heather. Thanks. It's a very lovely, coachy <laughs> final thing to say <laughs> Well, you about know. the things that we can't coach.
0: So uh, we're going to tune out for now. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. And um, we'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Deep Voice Guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.